Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Do all the hellos and all that. Why don't you just take a minute? If you're a visitor, you don't have to do this, but you know, feel free to try. Uh, I just want to encourage every person for a minute. Why don't we just lift our hands to the God of heaven right across the house? And uh, <coughs> it's awesome to be in Perth. Glad Mr. McGowan let me come. But pray for him too, right across the house. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, <coughs> it's asking for miracles to happen in the house. Well, for breakthroughs, for prayers to be answered, for for lives to be impacted. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, that people that have come in here one way are going to leave a different way in the name of Jesus. And, and Lord God, tonight we're hungry, we're expectant, we're believing that something good's going to happen. Lord, we thank You that You're still alive, You're still moving. Have Your way in the house tonight in the name of Jesus. The church said together, Amen. Amen. Musicians, you're amazing. You're brilliant. Thank you so much. Before you sit down, give your neighbour a big kiss. Tell him you love him. It's biblical. Just make sure it's holy. <laughs> holy kiss. <laughs> Friday night, church. There's a cyclone coming to Port Hedland. I was really worried. I thought, if there's a cyclone, we might not be having church tonight. And then I Googled Western Australia. It's quite big. <laughs> so I think we should be all right. Just a couple of things. This is the second time I've come and I'm so honoured to be back. Your pastor, your pastors, the whole Kean family actually, but Pastor Jared is like, you know, in a world that, you know, some... How do I say this? Some pastors are like a bit crazy. And, 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 and you feel sorry for the congregation. But your pastor is about as good as it gets. And uh, he, he's come to our church and we, we had COVID, we'd had all the madness. Comes into our church and just bless our church, bless my wife and I. He's, a, he's not just a pastor, he's a father to the body of Christ. And you are you got the best pastor probably in the country in this church and at least, you know, this close to Port Hedland. But I reckon you should just thank Pastor Jared just for being awesome. We love you, Reverend. And Pastor Jordan, you're good too. So, <laughs> no, you're amazing. And it's just such a privilege to be here. I'm Pentecostal, like... I, I, I love the Holy Ghost. I, I think every Christian should have a few times in their life where the right leg goes a little bit, you know, where you just feel the power of the Spirit of God. And I, I'm just believing tonight, and then we're having church Sunday. I don't know if they told you that I was coming. Pastor Jared wanted a Sunday off, so he's going to Adventure World. And... Uh, <laughs> Because then they have the pirate ship there. It's very good. That ride's probably got more rust in it. Than you, you, you've got to... So anyway, <laughs> let's preach. 
Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. So Sunday morning, I'm, I'm coming again. I'm going to come again for church. But like, let's just like have power of God weekend. Let's just believe God that something good's going to happen. So ring a friend. You might only come to church on Friday night and, and we're glad about that, but the, the, the Sabbath Sunday. So you've actually got to do that too. So if you can come back, that would be biblical and we'd really appreciate that. <laughs> At the end of the message, I'm going to pray for people that, that, that may have never opened their heart to Jesus and considered life with, with Christ in their heart. And I just, maybe you're a visitor, I just sort of hope for the next, I'm going to speak not long, like 90 minutes. And uh, <laughs> that, was not a, that was not laughter, that was, that was fear. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> One guy at the back, he's got a, he's got a reservation for Miss Maud's. It's a fancy night, so he wants this to finish soon. But, but at the end, if you're here and you've never been to church before, or maybe you haven't been for a while, uh, I'm believing God wants to touch you. So open your heart, and uh, we're going to believe God's going to do something. But I pray you'll leave this place not just knowing God with, with, with your mind, but you'll know Him uh, with every fibre of your being. Because Jesus is alive, and, and it, Second Kings, man, I'm, I'm so excited to preach. My mouth's just going... 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Kings. <laughs> hey, you guys were pretty locked down for a while, weren't you? Yeah. I tried to come twice in 2020. Pastor Jared said, would you come? I wanted to, but unfortunately uh, the Iron Curtain fell and, and I wasn't allowed in. And, and then, and then, and then I, I tried again and then boom, the curtain fell again. And so this time I, I, I got in by the grace of God. So 2 Kings chapter 13. So for the two of you taking notes, uh, we're gonna start at verse 20 and it reads like this. Then Elisha died. I just wanna encourage everyone tonight. Just something, something uplifting. Then Elisha died and they buried him and the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was as they were burying a man. So Elisha's died, but it's not a good day for this guy either. It's his funeral. You might be here going, you know, things aren't working out well for me. I could almost guarantee that your day, no matter how bad it is, is not quite as bad as this guy. It's this guy's funeral. It's his, he's not at someone else's, it's his own. That's never great. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. So let me just sum that up. I know it's short, doesn't need a long summary, but I'll give you one. The guy died. We, let's call him Bob. Bob, Bob died, and, and so now Bob's—it's Bob's funeral. All the family are together, and uh, and so it, it's, it is what it is. They're having their funeral, and they're about to lay Bob to rest, and then uh, the Midianites come to attack these good people and their friends and the community, and they go, "What are we going to do with Bob?" So they go, we could probably just put him in Elisha's tomb. He's not there anyway, absent from the body, present with the Lord. We'll just put him there. He won't mind. So they put Bob in Elisha's tomb. You're laughing, but this is precisely what happened. He rolls down and, and, and the minute he touches the bones of Elisha, the Bible says that he revived and stood on his feet. 
Now, it's a great story, but just for a second, we've got to give consideration to the poor guy that's just come back to life. He probably had some questions. <laughs> where, where am I? Why, why am I here? It's a, it's a, this is a creepy scenario. The Bible says when, when he was let down, then he touched the bone. You might feel totally let down by life right now. But you know, you might think I'm so let down. I'm in a tomb of impossibility. I'm in a tomb of challenge. Can I say there might just be a miracle in the circumstance you're facing right now? <laughs> because the Holy Spirit moves in unexpected places. This tomb is an unexpected place. It's not where you would expect to go to be revived. Tombs are places of death, but God has a way of entering into impossible situations with supernatural power and bringing life to that which is impossible. And right here in this story, I, I know I'm yelling. I'm, I'm Frankly, I'm quite excited and I'm trying to calm down, but I'm just pumped to be in Perth. Uh, I'm pumped to be with Pastor Jared and I'm pumped to be at Global Heart. And, and, and ah, that's it. So anyway, I'll calm down. He touched the bones of Elijah. It's raised from the dead. Nothing like a good resurrection. There's resurrection power in Jesus. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All through the Bible, God moved in unlikely places. A lion's den. Uh, in the garden tomb. Jesus was in that tomb. The Bible tells us the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. The Holy Ghost went into that tomb, raised Jesus from the dead. You got Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They're in a fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, we put three in, but I see there's a fourth man in there. He looks like the son of God. Bible reading isn't boring. I, I don't know how you can have quiet time and read about four people walking around in a fiery furnace and go, yes, praise the Lord. Get your little highlighter and go, that's fair enough. I'll come back to that later. I read that, my legs start, go, I start praising God. The tambourine comes out. And you just have, just have a little bit of church. I don't call it quiet time. It's noisy time. You, some, you start reading about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You start reading about the Apostle Paul who gets, I mean, his name wasn't even Paul. His name was Saul. He had such an encounter with God that he went blind and the S fell off his name and they put a P on it. How, how was church tonight? It's pretty powerful. How was church, Jordan? I was powerful. My name's now Porton. I mean, you know... Death touched the power of God and life came. And you read this story, revival in likely places, the River Jordan, the wine press, the upper room, unlikely places, God does supernatural things right here. This man is in a tomb. You might be in a tomb. I, I found myself in tombs at times. Maybe it's a tomb of depression, a tomb of regret. Maybe it's a tomb of sin. Maybe it's a tomb of uh, unfair circumstance. I, I don't know the situation you're in, but God moves in unlikely places. And I, I'm believing God on Friday night tonight in church, God's gonna move in this place by His Spirit. This story, I, my, my father's an evangelist. He's preached here over the years. He would always preach... Uh, this passage, but he would like incorporate it into his sermons and get super excited, you know. He'd, he'd go, there's enough power in the bones of Elisha to raise a man from the dead. And he'd, he'd do this whole, oh, I want the fire of the Holy Ghost in my bones and, and, and preach it and, you, you know, stir people's faith. And, and so I remember one time I'm thinking, I want to preach this to our church. I want to preach on having fire in your bones. So anyway, I started to study the passage and 
the more I spent studying this passage, the more God began to open some things from two verses to, to my spirit that I really do believe that God wants to speak to us tonight. There's four things I see in Elisha's tomb. There's four things you'll find in Elisha's tomb. Three are awesome. One's a little bit, hang on a minute, it's not how I expect, a little bit of a plot twist. And I'll, I'll get to that in the end, but I wanna give you four things that you'll find in Elisha's tomb, four things that can happen in unlikely places when God starts moving. And if you have a pen and paper, uh, write these down. But the, but the first thing that we see is we see triumph. We see triumph. Death gives way to life. And you might be here tonight, you might feel like you're dead on the inside. You can come in contact with the life of God and something's gonna give. It's gonna be death gives way to life. And, and in this story, we see, we see triumph. We see a breakthrough through Elisha's death. This man had life through Jesus' death. All of mankind can have life. But in this story, you, you, see, you see an unexpected, an unexpected miracle. And oh, I, I, I love unexpected miracles. I, to be honest with you, just to think it's Friday night church, nothing special about this particular Friday night and Pastor Jordan's up here testifying to the fact that two people in the church have had a report that, that, that it seems like cancer's left their body. And you might, it's easy to sit there and go, oh man, well, good for those guys. They got a miracle. Well, I've got this. You know, I, I've made a decision long ago uh, that when I hear a testimony like that, it might sound a bit selfish, but I say to myself in my spirit, I say, God, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. If you can heal them, you can do it for me. Why? Because he's a healer. He's a way maker. <laughs> we were, I, I was preaching in Auckland about then, like the end of September last year and in Adelaide, you can't really fly anywhere direct from Adelaide except like the Aussie cities. So no international too much. And, and so I, I was flying from Auckland and I landed in Melbourne to do the change of plane to get to Adelaide. And, and as, I, as I'm in the airport, I get a text from, there's a guy in our church that does all the maintenance on our property. He's such a gift to us and a blessing to us. His name's Hayden. So Hayden just texts me and says, my dad has been battling emphysema, which I'm pretty sure we knew at that point, but there was, he was affected by cancer and, and then he had a cardiac arrest in a little town about an hour from Adelaide. He was airlifted to one of the hospitals, got to the hospital. So I, I didn't get to Adelaide till Monday night. I said, I'll, I'll come into the hospital the next morning and we'll pray. So we went to the ICU to pray for his dad, Jeffrey. I wanna put a pin in that story right there, just stop it there and say, also leading up to that point, our baptismal tank had been leaking. You know, the tank for baptism. Our church building's 40 years old. And so the tank just started leaking. So Hayden retiled that whole thing. And while he was retiling that whole tank, he's praying, God, I'd love to see my dad get saved and baptised in this tank. Now we're back to the hospital. His dad's on life support, unconscious. Uh, they're saying he's unlikely to survive. So he asked me to go in and pray. And I went to pray. To be honest with you, I didn't feel like a big faith evangelist or anything like that. I was really going because it's my friend and his dad's not well. I'm going in there to be pastoral as much as anything, but I prayed for his dad and I said, Lord, somehow, some way, let him meet you. Let him find Christ. Lord, work a miracle. Lord, I just pray you do something. And you could feel faith start to rise in that hospital. I, I left the hospital. The doctors told Hayden that, that 
his dad uh, is going to, his dad's going to die uh, when we take him off life support. Understand that he won't ever be leaving life support. When we unplug the machines, he, he's going to die. And anyway, they, they unplugged uh, the, the, the machines. And like any good man that's been asleep for a while, he woke up and he said he'd like some lunch. And, uh, and, he, and he also said, the men visited me, he's unconscious, the men visited me and I've got to join the church and get, I don't know who the men are and I, 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 I don't want to get my story too wrong, but he said, I'm going to join your church. And so anyway, this guy ends up leaving hospital. He had cardiac arrest. He has cancer in his brain. Emphysema told he wouldn't live. He, he, he goes. Now, he, I wish I could tell you that he lived a long life and, and every, everything's turned around. It didn't quite turn around, but it turned around enough that... Five weeks later at Sunday night church, we fire up that baptismal tank. The last guy we baptise is Hayden's dad, Jeffrey. Jeffrey gets in the water. Oh man. <laughs> Woo, man, he still saves. He still. And so, oh, you keep clapping like that. I'm going to run around this church. I can tell. So I remember looking at him, I said, uh, Jeffrey, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He says, yes. Do you believe that He died on a cross for your sin and for my sin? Yes. Do you believe that He rose again from the dead on the third day? Yes. Then on the confession of your faith, we're gonna baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. We put Him under that water. We brought Him back up the following Saturday. That was Sunday night, the following Saturday. He never woke up. He breathed His last on earth and breathed His next in eternity. But can I tell you something right now? We serve, yeah, I, I, so, oh man. See, most churches are quite boring. This one's very exciting. And they, they shout, they clap. They're like, you know, some of the people are even alive here. It's, it's, um, I preached at a church recently, it was a very dead church, it was very dead. And a guy died on the back row. The ambulance came, carried out four rows of people before they found the right one. That's not true. I made that up. For lols and ruffles. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, he didn't get a physical miracle, but he got a triumph. And I want to tell you, there's triumph. We serve a God who triumphs. The Lord triumphs mightily. We serve a triumphant God who's won the battle. And I mean, last week at Easter, we celebrate the triumph of Calvary. But can I tell you, that triumph didn't end there. That triumph is still triumphant right now. The blood of Jesus is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. He breathed His last on earth and breathed His next in heaven. You might be here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You might never have asked Christ to come into your life. Do you know, we're gonna breathe our last on this earth and we will breathe our next somewhere. But if you accept Christ and say, Jesus, come into my world. I want you to be the Lord of my life. You don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to clean yourself up to get saved. It's like, if, if I get in the shower, I don't have to clean up before the shower. That's why you take the, sorry for the visual. Uh, <laughs> You probably need therapy, but can I, can I say this? My point is when I put my kids in the bathtub, they can be grimy from being in the garden and, and, and just being feral little boys, but can you get it? You, you put them in there to clean them up when you get saved. You don't have to, you might be here going, well, I'm looking around, everyone's so perfect here. No, no, they, they, like all Christians, we know how to turn it on for church. <laughs> we all have our challenges. All the wives are going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not saying we're hypocritical, we're not. We're just sinners who by the grace of God, He cleaned us up and He made us new and He set us free and gave us a new beginning. And you might be here. You say, I can't join this church. You've got to be too perfect. No perfect people are allowed in this church. Because if it just doesn't work, we're, we're all a bit of a mess, but we put our trust in Jesus. He washes us clean. And so when I stand here, I can worship Jesus. I can sing with joy in my heart and praise God, not because I'm perfect, but because the perfect one has washed me clean and now I'm on my way to heaven. What a triumph, but it's in unexpected places. In this case, it was a tomb for us. It's at a cross. We accept Him. This guy, Jeffrey, he had a triumph in an unexpected place because that's the nature of our God. Number two, we have a triumph. Number two, we, we, we see a testimony. And the testimony from this story is that God does miracles and keeps His promises. Yes, the miracle is a dead man raised. But He also keeps His promises. Elisha was the spiritual son of the prophet Elijah. What did Elisha ask Elijah for? He said, can I have a double portion of the anointing that's on you? And so he says, look, if you see me go off to heaven, you, basically you're gonna be at the right place at the right time, you're gonna get that anointing. So he's there when it happens, he steps up into heaven, uh, riding a chariot that just kind of kept going. That's one heck of a Clydesdale. And, and so they're, they're go, he's going up the same way we're gonna go up one of these days. And, and, and then uh, the anointing comes on Elisha. In the earthly ministry of Elijah, he saw 14 notable miracles that we read of in Scripture. In the earthly ministry of Elisha, while he was alive, there were 27. 14 times two is 28. While he was alive, there were 27. You say, what's your point? My point is that he had died. He's off to heaven. Yet God had made a promise. And the promise was 28. Because he said a double portion, I'll give it to you. If God says, I'm gonna give you double, we don't have to round up to make God look good. Some of us, can I say, if I said, God, I want a double portion and I got to 27, I'd be pretty happy. I'd happily go, yeah, that's double. Like whatever the crowd is tonight, if we just times it by two, but took off 50 people, you'd say, oh, we doubled. Like it's not even an exaggeration, but but, but God is so true to His Word. If He says double, man, I'm preaching myself happy right now. I'm sorry about this. I'm totally going to respond to my own altar call. (laughs) I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost in the house, but... Man, it'll get on you. His anointing gets on you. Elisha died at 27. But God's going, I I promised 28. (laughs) Let me tell you, God God works outside of time. He works works from eternity. So he he wasn't fussed. But His promises will come to pass because the Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. In other words, in Him they're yes, we pull it down by our our amen, God let it be done. And so Elisha had died, but there was still anointing on him that hadn't been released. That body comes in, 
hits the bones of Elisha, comes back to life. Because God is true to His Word. You might be here tonight and you, 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 you are feeling wearied by the seeming unfulfilled promises that you believe God has put in your heart. I just want to remind people tonight to keep believing God, to keep trusting God, to keep holding on to God. I've been in seasons in my life where I feel like God's called us 10 steps forward, but we've taken five steps back and how's it going to happen? But in the nature of God, you just suddenly find yourself in a spot where you go, God's actually done that. He's done what He promised He'd do. I'm believing God that we don't have to be a people that settle for 27 when He's the God of 28. Well, most of my kids are serving God. Well, let's believe for all of them to serve God. Oh, well, most, you know, I'm 98% well. What about 100% well? You might, you might be getting on in years, you know, about 85% good, but that's all right. You know, one of my hips is working fantastically. I'm, believe, I'm, I'm believing the God, God of 28. I don't know why I'm just, I've got more points, but I'm just stopping here for a minute because I feel like that's a word for somebody. Maybe you're in business. You've been believing God for something to happen and you're within a stone's throw. Don't settle. Believe God that God will be fully true to what He's promised you in the name of Jesus. And, and uh, never settle. Number, number three. I'm nearly done. Number three. I've got two more points, but this one's short. So I didn't spend a lot of time on the study for this one. It's not true. It's been ages. It's very deep. Number three, so we see triumph. Triumph, not triumph. Triumph, testimony, and we see a transfer. The anointing is imparted. The anointing is, is this mysterious stuff that God gives us to get the job done. And that anointing was on Elisha. But when this man who had a need came in contact with the power of God, there was a transfer, the anointing got on him. You read through scripture, the anointing will get on stuff. Handkerchiefs and aprons. I know it sounds strange, but you might've seen preachers. It's not heaps common now because there's, I guess, so many other ways we can pray for people over FaceTime and different things. But back in the day, if you couldn't get to someone and you couldn't FaceTime them or it wasn't easy to ring, people would put a handkerchief in your hand and you'd pray for that. I've got a lot of oldies in my church. That stuff still happens. I take it so seriously. I'm not being funny and I'm not selling them for your best gift of a hundred bucks. However, if you want to give me a hundred bucks for my hanky, uh, you might catch COVID, but... <laughs> but it, it, the Apostle Paul, he'd, he'd take a hold of these things and disperse them. He'd put his hand on it, pray for them. And then people would take them back to homes and miracles would happen. Why? Because the anointing would go from him and get on, get on stuff. The, the anointing might be on the seat you're sitting in right now because people have been praying for the night before the service had got to touch you. Your seat, you might be sitting in a chair that's got some electricity in it. I, was, I almost said an electric chair and I thought that's not the way to say it. That's not, that's not, that's not an effective alliteration of the point that I'm trying to bring forth to the people of God. The anointing got on the hem of the garment of Jesus. 
The anointing got on dirt. Jesus, he, he spat in dirt and turned it into clay. There was an anointing on that dirt. You might think, man, how can God use me? He can use dirt. He can use a donkey. He used Balaam's donkey. Get some musical instruments, oil pots, water pots, Moses' rod, David's slingshot. This is just stuff. What if God, the Holy Spirit, can get on you? I mean, if God can anoint a hanky, He can anoint your grandma. He can anoint the keyboard player who's come to wrap me up. (laughs) Don't applaud Him. You keep doing that, it'll come earlier and earlier and earlier. If I could have a keyboard, oh, fantastic, that'd be great. But <laughs> I'm going to give you one more, and then and then and I'm going to I'm going to finish because I've only got one more. I couldn't think of anything else exciting, starting with T. Final thought that I have from this story is that there's it's actually a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Oh, but the guy got raised from the dead. Yeah, that's amazing. But but there was a 28th miracle. It's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. God can heal. Yes, it's amazing. But there, there's a tragic, this is the plot twist. Here's a tragic part of it. And that is that. If God could pour out His Spirit on Elijah and then it doubles on Elisha, where was, the, where was the next person for that grace to be passed down to? I always believed it should have been a guy in Scripture called Gehazi. But Gehazi, he, instead of following Elisha for that power and mantle of God, he followed Naaman for his money. And then leprosy came into his life and totally derailed what could have been the call of God for his life. You know how many churches, I'm talking about traditional, I'm not, I'm not commentating on the present church. I love the church of Jesus. I'm talking about, you can walk into cities where there's churches that are hundreds of years old. They're beautiful, but no one goes to them because there was something there at one point, but it never got, it never got passed to, to the next generation. And, and we, we have a, that's what I love about your pastor, Pastor Jared. He, he, his, as long as I've known him, and I, I've known him close up for the last few years, but from a distance you'd watch him. And he was always raising up sons and daughters in the faith and, and, and building into young people. Why? Because we don't want what's on this church to go into some tomb of, of yesteryear, but to continue to reproduce. And I was in London. A city, and I'm not just saying this, a city that Pastor Jared and, and Pastor Sue and their family, they've shaken for the Kingdom of God and done what no one's really ever done. In fact, a preacher at the church who started just last year in, in a theatre in London, 2,000 people, and it's just unbelievable. But I was walking to Notting Hill. I, you, know, you know the movie Notting Hill? I like romantic comedies, it's a problem. And so. My wife, she likes movies like Terminator, but I like... Actually, my favourite movie, if anyone wants to know, is Back to the Future 1, and uh, followed by Back to the Future 2. And they, sh- they should have stopped there, but that just doesn't matter. It's like Indiana Jones and Crocodile Dundee 3. That was terrible. <laughs> we actually blame that on New Zealand. <laughs> but, you know, 
let's keep moving. That that was that was. <laughs> so I go I go I go to Notting Hill because I wanted to get a photo in front of the blue door and say to my wife, "Hey Donna, I'm just a pastor." Asking a girl, anyway. I'm just, I'm just a boy looking at a girl asking her to love me. And, and, and so she's like, yeah. But, but as we're going there, I walk past this old church called Kensington Temple. And Kensington Temple was kind of, is that where you're from? You got married there? To same, same marriage? That's fantastic, to each other. That's amazing. Well, I walked past the church. I'll tell you, you. <laughs> so I was in Kensington Temple. And, 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 and there was, there, it was, the building was open. So I thought, well, I'll walk in. So I did. And they asked me to leave. So I walked out again. And, and <laughs> now I told them, I tried everything. I said, I'm Dave Hall. I'm a pastor in Adelaide. Didn't work. I, I'm, I run the Assemblies of God in South Australia. Nah, I know Jared Keane. Then they put me in, in handcuffs. <laughs> and I was put in a... Paddy wagon. No, I, I said I'm a pastor and I've heard all about this church. Can I come and have a look? And, and so anyway, the pastor got in contact with me a few days later. We had coffee together and he tells me, and I've got to go so quick. The church was started by two brothers called Steve and George Jeffries. Brothers, used by God. Steve was a musician, George was a preacher. George Jeffries was the guy that laid hands on Reinhard Bonnke and prayed for his mantle to get on him. And, 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 and Bonky found his house supernaturally. He prayed for him and he said to Bonky, I've been expecting you. Didn't even know that Bonky was coming in the natural. Bonky found his house, went inside. He was a young pastor. He lays hands on Reinhard Bonky that afternoon. He died and went to heaven. Stephen Jeffries laid hands on Pastor Tommy Evans. Pastor Tommy Evans, who's his grandson, Ashley Evans, preached here just a little while ago. Pastor Tommy Evans, his son Andrew Evans, was pastoring a church in Adelaide that my father got saved in, that my mother was driving past in an impossible situation and saw a sign that says, Jesus saves, pulled into the car park of the church, got saved. And I think, and so I'm chatting with a pastor who puts his arm around me and he says, do you, do you mind if we pray? That's how he talked. Uh, I was like, yes, let's do that. And so he puts his arm around me and he says, Lord, whatever anointing is still in here from when those Jeffries brothers were pastoring, can it get on us? And, and I, I just remember thinking, how good is it that that church is still full of people, full of life, that we could look back and it could be a heritage building with a little plaque or the church of the Jeffries brothers. Now you walk in there, it's got the LED wall. It's full of people, full of young people, full of life. And why? Because they're building this with a future in mind. And, I don't really know how to end the sermon. That's the end. <laughs> Catch a Sunday. No. Can we just bound prayer for one minute? It's it's eight oh five on the uh, on the play school rocket clock. And. And we've got an 8.15 dinner reservation. Jordan has this restaurant he reckons is awesome that we've got to check out, so we're going there. It's called Subway. And uh, (laughs) 
I apologise for the weekend. It's the whole thing. But I'm here. I'm, I'm... Sunday's going to be really good. Another guy's preaching now. His name's Jared. He's going to bless you. You're going to love him. He's going to be amazing. You know, you might be here. You've never made a conscious decision to open your heart to Christ, to say yes to the Lord. And you might be here and you'd say, Dave, I need to, I need to meet Jesus. I haven't, I haven't been living the way I should. I Maybe you're here and, and sin has got its hand all around you. And you know that you've tried to fight it in your own self. Do you know you can come to Jesus and He can set you free in just a moment of time. Help put your feet on solid ground. You might be here and you once knew God. Maybe you once went to church. Maybe you once served in church, but maybe a tragedy happened or a challenge happened or a hurt happened or maybe the busyness of life or whatever it might've been. But you know that you sort of step backward and you walk with God and now there's distance between you and God. You know, in one moment you can come back to the Lord and He can make things right by the power of God. The Bible says, if you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. I always tell our church every Sunday, uh, you take the first step towards God, He'll take the 10,000 towards you. Truth is, He's never left you anyway. He loves you. And you might be here and you'd say, David, I'm not living right. Or maybe you're here and you might say, I am kind of living right, but I know I need Jesus. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for every person. The Bible tells us that He loved the world so much that, that He gave His only Son and He uses a word. He says, whosoever believes in Him. Whosoever means literally Whoever, you might be here, oh, that, that's for somebody else. No, you're a whosoever. If you've got a pulse and you're breathing and you're in the house tonight, you're a whosoever. And Jesus died for every whosoever that you can come and say, look, I'm not perfect. I have stuff in my life, but I'm gonna exchange it for your peace. I'm gonna exchange it for your forgiveness. I'm gonna hand it over to you and you're gonna give me love, joy, peace, strength, hope. And you might be here tonight and you'd say, David, I'm not living for Jesus. And I know I need to, I don't wanna embarrass you, but I do wanna pray for people. And I'm believing God tonight is going to come into some people's world and your whole life is going to change by the power of God. And I just wonder if everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes, even, even, if you, even if you've done this a million times. Let's just be in this together. But I'm believing God wants to wash people clean. You might be here tonight on a Friday night. It's an unexpected place, but God's going to bring you into triumph and victory. If you breathe your last, you'll breathe your next in heaven with Him. He's for you. He loves you. Right across the house, if you'd say, David, I need Jesus. I need to know the forgiveness and the grace of God. If that's you, right across the house, you say, David, pray for me. I need Jesus. Would you slip your hand up? I won't embarrass you, but just give me a wave. There's a hand back there. God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? God bless you down here. It's awesome. Is there, God bless you over there. It's awesome. Are there others tonight that would say, David, pray for me? I just sense that there might be. God bless you over there, sir. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. Are there others tonight that would say, David, pray for me? Just give me a wave so I can see who you are. God bless you back there. God bless you back there. Is there anybody? God bless you there, sir. Is there anybody else that would say, David, pray for me. God bless you over there. It's the best decision you've ever made in your life. Are there others tonight that would say, David, pray for me. I need Jesus. Right across the house in this last couple of minutes of tonight's church service. I don't wanna miss anybody out at all. Is there anyone else that would say, David, pray for me. Over to my right. God bless you, sister. That's awesome. You can put your hand down. I'm so proud of you. Is there anybody else tonight that would say yes to Jesus? Can I ask you to do two things? I, like literally, you'll be out of here in just a very short period of time, just a couple of minutes. But just for the next 60 seconds, could I just have no one leave the room for one minute? Could we all just stand for a second? And, and uh, this is what I'm gonna do. The band are gonna, 
don't know what song you sing. You won't fail that one. What were you going to sing? Speak Jesus, even better. And uh, and what we're going to do is when the band starts singing, this is what I'd love to do. If it was like one person, we could just go and shake your hand, but there's just so many hands that went up. I just wonder if while they're singing, uh, I could pray with you at the front right here and uh, and you step out of your seat. I'll pray with you. You don't have to talk to anybody. I'm not gonna embarrass you or single anybody out. But if you lifted your hand, I'm gonna ask you, just grab your bag and, and, and step out of your seat. Just come and meet me right here. I'll shake your hand. We're gonna pray and I'm gonna believe God. Just come right across the house. Please don't be shy. I'm begging you, don't be shy. Just come, just come. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.